welcome to Open the Word. I'm Beth, and today I'm seated at a full table, and it is awesome. So I'm going to start on my left because there's a silent member. We call her our producer, and you also know her as Missy, a voice to this podcast, and we so appreciate her dedication, her diligence, and her wisdom and perspective. Today she will be a silent voice, but she is here and we are thankful. Next up is our dear friend Libby. Good morning, Libby. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here once again and delighted that the table is full. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I will say this. Beth, you know, I love my one on ones with you. Love it. And I I do. I will always love that. I love it to see these two precious ladies mm-hmm. here too with mm-hmm. us. So we have many age groups represented here. Um, and our younger members are are next up to introduce yes. themselves. Good morning, Lisa. <laughs> Good morning. I'm just honored to be here with everybody. And Gwen, uh, Gwen McCaslin. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us at the table. I know that the two of you have uh, had a sneak preview to the last two podcasts where Libby and I have been talking about her journey. And um, I, I suspect that maybe there are some questions, some comments, some uh, just, just some conversations that will be birthed out of uh, Libby's story. And so that's why we're here today, to, to ask the questions, to be real, to be vulnerable, but to open the word and to remind ourselves of who God is in the midst of our stories. So welcome, ladies. Hmm. So, Gwen. Yes. Okay. Put your counselor put your hat, hat on. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's on. Yes. And just tell <laughs> yeah. me. Um, your, your thoughts as you heard mm. Libby's story uh, for the first time from her mouth. Mm. <laughs> I resorted to getting out my coloring book just to kind of help me through. Because um, those two podcasts are definitely very emotionally loaded. Just just imagining and myself in your shoes, Libby, and um, walking through that. Um, okay, counselor hat. So... Uh, with grief, um, I, I think we handle this probably the worst of anything in the Christian church. Um, honestly, I think we have lost the concept for grief and lament in ways that uh, is truly just devastating to the life of a believer. Um, I think we need to learn how to give people permission to sit and walk through their pain and honor it. Um, that's become a concept for me, honoring your pain, um, mm. honoring the memory of who you've lost or what you've lost or uh, the cost um, yeah. of things. Yeah. I, you know, because I think your grief should be in proportion to well, what you lost. Um, I think that's a concept we've lost. Yeah. And that we're very uncomfortable sitting in our own pain and we get really uncomfortable with somebody else's. Mm. I think it's only when we've been able to sit, to learn to sit in our own pain that we actually can abide with somebody in theirs. Yeah. And, and Gwen, you are bringing so many things to my mind, which I truly appreciate, and it's so helpful. I remember going through a time uh, after Mike died where I went before the Lord and I said, 
I think I need to make a list of my losses because you don't recognize what all goes with it. And part of that, part of that list was I lost who I was with Mike. Mm. Yeah. Like I have to, it's not like I have to redefine myself. My identity didn't change. But when you are with someone for 45 years and then you're cleaved together in marriage and suddenly that's ripped away, it takes you with it in a, in a sense. And, at, and I think it should. I think, it should. I think you're absolutely right to be able to recognize just what is it that I'm grieving. And Beth, I think I mentioned that to you recently, just crying out to the Lord and saying, what, where am I? What, mm-hmm. what is going on inside of me? What, what are these losses that I need to recognize? It's like a, a piece of you has been amputated mm-hmm. and you have to learn to walk, to, to live yes. again yes. With, without yeah. this member. This right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you don't fully recover from an amputation. Right. You adapt. You adapt. <laughs> right. New yeah. life is yeah. all new. Yes. And doing things is completely different. That was one thing I heard was just how much you were grieving even the realization that you'd lost your life partner, your teammate, mm-hmm. you know, in household chores and, and just the everyday stuff you just didn't even realize, like yeah. the water softener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and again, yeah. it's stuff that... Uh, that I didn't need to be concerned about, and, and rightfully so. That's mm-hmm. teamwork mm-hmm. right there. But I did find myself chuckling, saying, I wish I would have watched him mow the grass a little bit more. How did he navigate <laughs> that area over there? Um, and and I just I, I just laugh. And, I, and then I think, I wish I kind of wish I had a video of me doing things like from start to finish and how far I've come in some of these things. It, it is kind of laughable. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a real gift from God to be able, again, as I mentioned before, in Deuteronomy, to me, the theme of Deuteronomy is remember. Mm-hmm. For us to look back and just see where we were and what we were able to do and how far the Lord has brought us mm-hmm. in our process, regardless of, of where we are, we, regardless of our circumstances. And I will um, go back to this, too. It just came to my mind. And, Beth, I think you're the one, right after Mike died, that helped me to see this. Um, from 2 Corinthians 10.5, taking every thought captive mm-hmm. and making it obedient to Christ. And I would go to the Lord, and I would say, Lord, you need to help me take every thought captive and make it obedient to you because my head's all over the place. I am becoming my worst enemy here. So you've got to rein me in. So I would say a very important aspect of grieving is taking every thought captive and then recognizing what is being brought up inside of you. What is... Uh, what's coming to the surface? Mm -hmm. Like if I've got these thoughts coming into my head, what's in my heart? What are the, what are the emotions? What are the feelings? What are, what's the yuck? Because uh, we, we do go through every emotion uh, throughout our lifetimes, but some experiences are going to bring them out in ways that we never, ever, ever thought we would have to recognize or deal with. Mm -hmm. So... This is an opportunity from God 
Is it an easy one? No, it is not. And I was sharing before we went on the air about me standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes and just talking to God, just talking. And then all of a sudden my talking became, well, Mike was this. He was such a good steward of this. He cared for everybody else so well and then cared for himself so well. And he lost all that weight and was a runner and he took such good care of everything and everybody. And blah, 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 blah. And then I screamed at God <laughs> and said, doesn't that count for anything? I was so mad. And but isn't it interesting how it started? <laughs> it was just just talking to God, you know. But it truly was. If we allow it, God is impressing upon us. It's in you. Yeah. It's in you. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out. Because I'm the one who is walking with you through this. I am. I am journeying with you, and I am your answer. I am your answer. So anyway. Libby, I'm not a counselor, but I do believe anger is part of the the steps uh, through grief. Okay, I'm going to challenge you. It's not steps. Oh, It's not steps. Thank you. It's a cyclone. That's one of the biggest (laughs) things that I think, um, you know, there was a lady who came out with the stages of grief. And the the common thinking right now with counselors is it's not a stage. It It is this messy, sometimes you're in this one, and sometimes you're here, and sometimes you're back there, and... And grief is just this thing that can just lay quiet and then all of a sudden just it's grabbing hold of you and you're like, where did that come from? I'm I'm a mess and what triggered it even? Mm -hmm. So I will will tell people that the more you journey through grief, the less that seems to happen as intensely. Um, And you will get those periods of rest a little bit more as you move through and actually process. Um, but what you don't process has to find a way out. And so if you don't allow it to come out in the right ways, it will come out sideways Mm -hmm. and cockeyed and Mm -hmm. twisted. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I've sat with, um, my family has both of my parents lost siblings within a year of each other Mm -hmm. before they married as teenagers. Um, and so I grew up in the aftermath of what we did with grief in the church way back. Mm -hmm. And honestly, (laughs) we stopped people from going there. And so I grew up with family and patterns in our family where we don't grieve and we don't do negative emotions. And I think we've worked on that as a family some. And I watched my mom sit with her siblings and talk about their experiences after losing their brother. Um, And so I'm sitting at the table thinking, this is what should have happened all along. Mm -hmm. But here we are, like 40 years later, and we're finally grieving. Mm -hmm. You know, 45, 50 almost, you know, where we're finally talking about it. Um, And we're not doing that with grandma yet, Mm -hmm. because grandma can't go there, and that's okay. And so we honor where she's at with it, Um, you know. But it's one of the only places that my siblings, or my those siblings talk about it. And so it's, a, it's, it's very, and even me talking about it, I guess it's, you know, to just normalize that I, the ones that are in the trenches with you are the ones you need to be grieving with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes the courage to say, I'm not okay. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes. that honestly was another thing I really loved in those two episodes you did is you talked about how you're grieving with your kids. 
yeah. um, and how you pray for them and, you know, um, for each other. Um, watching my mom lose her dad, I struggled with a lot of things like, um, this is her dad, this is her grief, or is it mine? And just back and forth and, you know, and so I think that stuff's normal too. So yeah. Yeah. I just love the honesty right. of where you're at because your honesty gives others the permission mm-hmm. to be honest. Oh, yeah. And that's something that is so missing. Right. You know, I, I, I mean, there are comments that come from my parents who mean well, um, but giving my kids permission to grieve what they grieve. And, you know, my mom's like, well, you don't want to bring that up too much. And I'm like, you know, and she means well, because we can't live in the past. And there is some truth to that. But recognizing that, no, if we need to talk about it, we talk about it. If we need to go to the grave and get mad, we go to the grave and we get mad. If, if we need to snuggle and cry for 45 minutes on mommy's bed, then that's what we do. Um, and so it will be a lifelong process for us. Mm-hmm every developmental stage, you know, grieving their sibling. So, you know, I, I can see even God's hand in giving me the kids that I got because I watched my parents grieve siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I have maybe a different perspective than some would have. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, let us grieve well. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so that's my goal, even with my kids. So yeah, I always come back to that place of recognizing that God gave us emotions. Yeah. He gave us tears. He did. Uh, he gave us joy. He gave us anger. I mean, mm-hmm. all of the emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're n- we're not supposed to rest in the emotion though it's it's back to the root lord why am i feeling that and as as i look at libby and i i've watched these past months um there has been grief but there has been joy also you welcomed in a new sweet little granddaughter and and i think sometimes when we're stuck in our grief we almost feel guilty celebrating Mm. so Mm -hmm. uh, i'm gonna look at you and ask how did you work through that? Because there was desolation and consolation. Oh, Mike yes. wasn't there to welcome Liza Jane. Yes. But yes. Liza Jane was here and healthy and whole. Yeah. How did you navigate yeah. that? Well, and it was especially complicated by the fact that our daughter had had several miscarriages, mm-hmm. one that put her in the hospital. Like, I didn't know till later. She told me, she said, Mom, I honestly thought I was going to bleed out and die. Oh. And um, so then last Thanksgiving, when we were gathered at their place, and she and her husband shared the news <coughs> that they were pregnant, and we all just were like, huh. you know, smiling a little bit, and then thinking, oh, how are you, how are you, how are you feeling? And she's like, well, I'm further along than I've ever been. And so we're uh-huh. telling you. And, and then, you know, it got better and she got bigger and, and we were so super excited. And then it was very difficult for her when her dad passed. Um, and, and especially because well, you know, ladies, how it is when you go through pregnancy, your hormones are all haywire. And over the last two years, she had all those miscarriages. And so her hormones were really haywire. And then to, to lose her dad and, and to s- still be able to carry his grandchild was that that was a gift. This baby was a gift. And I remember just the other day, 
we were talking, uh, we were able to be together. Well, it was when we were at your country house. <laughs> and we were looking at Liza Jane, and, and um, we said, oh, can't believe she's approaching three months old. And I said, um, oh, Liza, three months closer to seeing your Dito. Three Aww. months closer. And Jess just said to me, oh, Mom, I never thought of it like that Aww. before. All I thought of was she's growing up without her Dito. And she said, I'm going to just, that's my perspective. I'm just going to say one day closer. Mm-hmm. And um, so what, what a gift oh. this baby has been. What, what a delight. Why did she survive and not her siblings? Oh, you know, who a knows? Question. A hard question. Who knows? But you know what? It's, it's as if it doesn't even matter anymore. We've leaned into that. We've talked about it. And we've gotten through that really well. And then we're like, golly, Dito's with his other grandkids. Mm-hmm. He's with all those other babies, you know? And, and I want to I tell this, this quick story that I just love. And it was a, a, a dear friend who told the story. She's actually a friend. She was a friend of Mike's and mine through our daughter, Jess. Um, but she has a, a, a sweet little family. And her youngest was in her car seat. And this happened not too long ago. And they were almost home, almost home. And that little one dropped the precious thing that she was holding. And it sent her into a tizzy. I need my, I need that. Get that, please. And so her mom is like, we'll be home in two minutes, honey. I'll get it for you when we're home. Two minutes, two minutes. And then mom said, she has no concept of two minutes. Mm -hmm. To her, that was an eternity. And she's like, I wonder if that's what God is saying to us. Two minutes, and I'll have you home. Two minutes. And so now every once in a while, I look, I just look up and I say, Mike, two minutes, honey. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. It may be 20 years. I don't know. But he's going to be in that great cloud of witnesses, and I just picture them at the, at the, at the finish line, which is the start line of heaven, I guess, cheering us on. And I, I, I don't know. And I tell the Lord this. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you work. I don't know if this is true, but I love talking to you about it. And what do you think of this? Like Mike's at the finish. As soon as he entered heaven, he was at that finish line cheering. And he looks down the way and he says, there comes Libby. She's on her way. Here she comes. I see her. And two minutes later, I cross that finish line, even though it might be 20 years. From our perspective. Mm -hmm. But who knows how God's time works? I don't know. But I love it that we can go to God with anything. And I will also say, I tell him, please know I'm not telling you how to do your job. (laughs) I don't want to tell you how to do your job. But I love just pondering these things. And just pondering with the Lord. And just being still. And the things that he can bring to your mind to your countenance, mm. and, and I, I love it. I, I will still always hate not having Mike with me, but I can't not love what God is doing. Mm. And oh my goodness, isn't where Mike is where we all long yeah. to be? <laughs> he just got there first before I did, and um, very unexpectedly, in a way that was really hard and hurtful, yeah, I I don't know. I just I just love just sitting with the Lord and t- 
telling stories. But you know, I loved what you said about um, controlling where your thoughts go and taking them captive. Because I'll be honest, that's the thing we discipline the least amount in Mm -hmm. our lives, is we let those thoughts just go wherever they spiral. Um, And sometimes they can really send us spiraling. Um, And so um, I've realized, especially when there's grief, that sometimes we can get stuck in thoughts of the past or, you know, and, and lose out on the moment because we're stuck in some negative patterns in the past and things like that. And then there's, you know, the what would have been's and what could have been's and I wish, you know, and sometimes those can go in good directions and bring us to a place of worship. Like you're talking about heaven and sometimes they can lead to places that are devastating. Yes. Um, and so I love your perspective that just thinking about where things are going and bringing them captive to Christ. Well, I, I will say this, that it can be a, a delicate balancing act of taking thoughts captive and expressing your emotions because you do want to express your emotions. You want to recognize them. You want to get them out. But I also recognize, too, that I need to be discerning who I express those emotions with, how I express them, and what purpose are they serving. Yeah, because it's not safe to just express with just anybody. No, no, it's not. And, And it's not because I'm concerned about hurting somebody's feelings or I, I'm concerned about uh, I'm concerned about the reputation of Jesus mm-hmm. and if I say I'm a Christ follower then everything I do <laughs> from the time I get up till the time I go to bed including I need to grief. be yeah mm-hmm. I need to be aware of how I'm representing Christ in my thought life and in my expression of it so uh, there's, a, there's a fine balancing act that goes on there. Um, but I also think it's great, like I can go to my kids and say things like, or I can go to Beth or, or any of you ladies and say things like, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this well, but this is what's going on inside of me. So you kind of give that disclaimer a little mm-hmm. bit. And then... Are you willing, am I willing to give that person permission to help me sort through that? Or am I going, if they should say to me, well, I really think you're in a bad place and you can't stay there. Am I going to respond with, well, look, all I wanted you to do was listen. Well, no, it wasn't because I came to you and said, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this well and I'd love to you know, just just have your perspective on this, then I need to be open to hearing their perspective. So um, we need each other. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do. And we need to allow each other influence. We do, to allow influence. And I would like to go back to um, something that, Lisa, you had shared with me before we were on air, because I think it's crucial to say the aspect of listening yes can you just talk about that a little bit yeah and I'm so, like getting emotional so um yeah I had asked her you know when we were offline um just about coming from the perspective of a friend who has a friend whose husband had passed away from from COVID um who I 
obviously care very deeply for as well. But how you are there to support that person who lost their spouse, because like I have not lost a spouse and I do, I, I do feel losing a spouse is different than losing a mother or a father or there, there is a big difference. I do believe like you become one and that's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to navigate that and trying to be there to help them and, and honestly not say anything stupid, like, because what do you say? What can I possibly say to her that would fix the situation? You know, we, we tend to want to like, I'll gotta, I gotta have this like, phrase or this thing that I can throw to her to make her feel better so I can feel better because I don't like the feelings I'm mm-hmm. having right now because I can't fix this and I don't like to see her this way. Um, but the only thing I could do during all of that was just walk alongside of her. And what I was telling Libby was that, you know, and I would tell her, I'm like, I have nothing I can tell you that's going to make you feel better. I can't take your pain away. But all I would do is sit and listen. Like, if she had to tell me the same story about them like a hundred times and, and actually sitting from my perspective, I wish I would have heard those stories sooner. Cause I'm like, oh, I really wish I would have known him that way or knew these things. But it was just listening was the only thing I could do to um, let her process all of that. Um, and and listening to um, you grieving well <laughs> um, also like, she's definitely struggling she's in a different place where all of that is and trying to um just understand like the difference between the griefs and the situation and you talked a little bit about it wasn't I think too for her there was a lot of changes that had to occur like physical things like buying a house doing this you know there's still a young child like there's things going on that not necessarily even having the space to grieve yes. because we're so busy walking out all the other things that just yes. they, the stuff still has to get done. She still has things to do. And, um, and she's got to almost resurrect <laughs> the will to move, to do those things sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Because, I, I would call yeah. it the business of death yes. uh, and well, it just has to be done. And, and mm-hmm. Lisa, the thing that I thought you said that was so crucial among really everything you said is that you just listened to her tell things even a hundred times mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And that's where I did find myself. Like, I just need to talk about this. Sometimes I, I didn't want to talk about it at all. Yeah. And I wanted to be invisible. Mm-hmm. Like, just make me invisible. Other times I'd be out and about and I wanted to scream and shout, hey, hey, do you all remember Mike? Remember he died and he was like the greatest person that ever lived? <laughs> do you still remember him? <laughs> Or to just be able to tell parts of that story over and over, but thinking inside, who's going to want to listen to this over and over and over again? So when you talked about that and how you did that for her, I thought, that's it, man. That is a gift that you continue to give to her. And I appreciate that so much. Thank you. I think it just hit more like you just, I didn't know what to do. Your heart absolutely breaks for them and you feel like how can I fix this how can I make her feel better how can I do whatever and and I know she did not want to hear because I've not walked that out so anything I would say would be not really understanding the depth of what she was feeling so I thought well I can listen I can Mm -hmm. walk beside her I can you know we spent a whole day I think it was during their anniversary and she's like I don't know what to do I said well let's just go do things he would love to do 
And we did. We went and bought lottery tickets. We went to the <laughs> gravesite. We went to, like, his favorite place to eat. We went to where he worked. Like, we did diff- a whole bunch of different things just to try to, like, it didn't fix anything. It didn't change anything. But what a sweet, sweet mm-hmm. idea, though. Mm-hmm. That is just, that's precious. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. I keep coming back to the book of John, right? And uh, we reference John 8, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, then, as we're talking about listening, I thought, Lord, that is, that's just a grace gift. It is passing on the gift that you have given to us. And you listen. You listen to all of it, everything that we have to say, the sadness, the anger, the, just all this stuff. And I have to come back to the first chapter of John, verse 14, which says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, Jesus died for us. But he lived life on this earth to be an example to us. So in answer to your question, Lisa, or your observation, that's our, that's our example of how to do life in the one another's, right? Coming alongside that grieving friend, be like Christ. Be uh, Lisa-flavored Jesus, <laughs> right? Full of grace and truth. So the grace gift is the listening, just sitting, being, going with them on those days that they're like, I don't know what to do. Well, let's do whatever it is we don't know what we're going to do together. It's, it's walking alongside, and then it's being ready to give the answer when asked. Is this, I mean, I'm not sure I can, but does this make sense to you with truth? with love, with grace, with patience and kindness and all the fruits mm-hmm. of the Spirit that come when we abide in Christ. So it's, it's a full circle of how to live out this grief journey. But are we going to know what that circle is without being in the Word and, and abiding in His Word? Ladies, we are at the end of our time together. I don't want to cut anybody off. Was was. Were there any questions or observations or any, any words that you're saying, oh, I, I wanted to make sure I made this clear as our listeners uh, who so graciously have joined us? Because my guess is they want to learn how to navigate the pathway of, of grief well mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. So anything in closing remarks here? All looking at me, yeah, the counselor. It's counselor, all good. Counselor. It's all good. I have a lot of directions, but we're at the end of an episode. But when we're sitting with somebody, um, it's important to just recognize that it's not about closing up their grief. Mm-hmm. It's about you know loving them and supporting them and helping them process through it. That it's not something we're gonna make go away. Mm-hmm. It's their new reality. And so the rules have changed. The game has changed of life, how they function, how they live. They have tons of changes that they're navigating and giving each griever the, the, the permission for it to be messy, for it to be a learning process, for it to look like whatever it needs to look like in the moment. 
Um, a dear friend, Faith Jones, used to say, it is what it is and let it just be. Um, and so not fight things and not try to make them look like something else, but just really to create the space to sit sometimes or let it just be ugly or, you know, let it just be whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, it's things like sitting and paying attention. You know, if you want to help in some way, it's looking around. And when you see something that might soothe or help or protect or, you know, aid, then you look at them and say, I was thinking of doing this. Can I do this? And then you ask permission because when we come in and try to manage somebody who's grieving, we take away their power and we take away their permission to just let it be. And so always watch with respect how you move into somebody else's grief because it's a very personal and real process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're honoring and not just reacting to what it turns up inside. That's and so remembering that grief is not just physical death. True. It's all the changes. It's, it's all, all the, the changes. It's the death of a dream. So maybe your grief journey will be walking alongside a friend whose child was born with birth defects that are going to change their whole lives. Maybe your grieving is walking along the friend whose child is making choices that will change their whole lives. Maybe your grieving is walking alongside the, the newly divorced friend. The or the 35-year-old single woman who's mm -hmm. recognizing that she may never get married. Right. Mm -hmm. And she may never have kids of her own. Yeah. You know, uh, there's different, th we grieve so much different stuff. This is so much more than just a podcast about unexpected, unwanted widowhood. While that is the story we're telling here, this, this is a journey that so many journey through. But the truth of God's word reminds us that he is there with us. And as we've been walking through today's episode, I keep thinking of Hebrews 13. Uh, verse 5 is one that is also repeated from Deuteronomy. So these are the lessons that we are to remember constantly when they're bookended, right? Old Testament, New Testament. But ch chapter 13, verse 1 starts out with let brotherly love continue and I think of Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 12 where he says let love be genuine that is what we're doing when we journey with when we have the privilege and the responsibility to journey through with our friends as I said verse 5 says I will never leave you nor forsake you so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus told us in the book of John. But be of good cheer. Take heart. He is with us even now, whatever our story is. But dear friend, dear listener, please know, don't just take our word for this. Open the word. Open the word. Abide in the word. The truth will set you free. And who is truth? Jesus. Thank you for joining us today.
We will join you next time at the table as we journey through this thing we like to refer to as the valley of the shadow of death. But we will fear no evil, for God is with us. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.